He's here. I believe something powerful is stirring in the atmosphere. We believe every service can be just as powerful as the next. As apostolics, obviously there's always kind of been, even going back to as far as I can remember, Sunday nights are kind of like the night, the service. Uh, growing up, the choir always sang on Sunday night, and there was just a little something that people came into the building with on Sunday nights. And I think we do a good job around here of having an expectation for every service, but obviously Sunday night, all the campuses are here. There's more people. There's more, more faith, more voices of praise. But on Pentecost Sunday, it, it wasn't on Sunday night. It was on Sunday morning. It didn't fill all the house at the 6.30 p.m. service. But at the 11 a.m., they were praying and they were worshiping him. And there came a sound. So I'm believing this morning that something powerful is going to happen. I'm looking forward to tonight too, but this morning I came with an expectation that all day long on Pentecost Sunday, he's going to do it. This morning I want to preach to you from this subject, from the upper room to every room. Turn to somebody next to you and say, from the upper room to every room. Lord, we praise you one more time. Before I get into the word, we exalt you. You said if you be lifted up, that you would draw all men unto you. Lord, I believe you're going to draw all men unto you. I believe you're going to draw the saint afresh this morning. I believe you're going to draw the sinner this morning. I believe you're going to draw the wayward person this morning and let cloven tongues as a fire settle on every single person. Let it settle on the people on the back row. Let it settle on the people on the front row. Let it settle on the people on the side left wall. Let it settle on the people on the side right wall. Let it settle in the sound booth. Let it settle on the platform. Let it settle in the gymnasium where the kids are meeting this morning. Let it settle at the 2 p.m. services. Let it settle all around this nation in apostolic houses of worship. Let it settle all around the world 
We give you praise, God, for what you're going to do this day, this day that you have made. Praise God. You can be seated. John the Baptist, the trailblazer for Christ, was prophesied about, the prophet Isaiah talked about that he would come and he would begin to prepare the way. He began to prepare the way for the arrival of Jesus, for the arrival of the ministry of Jesus. He began to prepare the way for greater things prepare the way for the transition from the old covenant to the new covenant. And in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, we find John preaching about the Holy Ghost. And he said this, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That word fire means fire. Literally or figuratively. Figuratively. Fiery fire. It, it is a fire that ignites and resurrects it's a to action to begin to walk in authority to begin to walk in faith to do the will of God to allow him to do great exploits through you it's it's a fire uh, the some of the mothers at LC sister Ada sister Sue they got this phrase they'll use. Uh, if they're talking about somebody, they'll say that they've, they've got healing in their hands. And that's not of, of man, but it's of God. It's that Holy Ghost fire. It's that anointing. It's that authority that comes from him. And after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection... He was talking to his apostles, and he says this, Acts 1, 4 through 8, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore would come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. He said, you shall receive power 
after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. In Luke, it was written like this, Luke 24, 49, I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you, so stay here in the city until you are clothed with the mighty power of heaven. I, I love a good new suit. Anybody love a good new outfit in the building? I love a good new outfit, but not a lot of people seem to love it this morning, but... Maybe you got so many, you just don't even care anymore. But, but there's something about when the Holy Ghost comes on you and it clothes you with power. You're going to feel different. When, when you get a new outfit, you feel a little bit different. We don't believe in being prideful, but you, you just feel kind of good. You, you're, you're excited to have something new on, but when the Holy Ghost comes on you, it's a feeling like no other feeling. You will walk differently. There'll be a different pep. In your step, you'll have your shoulders back, your head held high. There'll be a smile on your face. Talking about clothed in power. The Good News Translation said, And I myself will send upon you what my Father has promised, but you must wait in the city until the power from above comes down upon you. I believe this morning that there's power from above that's going to come down on every single person in this place. But I'm believing it's going to come down on somebody for the first time. And when it comes down on you, it's going to lift you up out of whatever you're under. It's going to lift you up out of sin. When the Holy Ghost comes down on you, it'll lift you up out of hopelessness. When the Holy Ghost comes down on you, it'll lift you up out of depression. When the Holy Ghost comes down on you, it will lift you up out of the bed of sickness. It'll lift you up out of everything that the enemy has on you. It'll lift you up out of those chains. Lift you up out of darkness and bring you forth into a marvelous light so somebody ought to go ahead and start looking up because your redemption is coming. Somebody ought to go ahead and in your spirit and even physically begin to raise your head and say, I'm looking up because something is about to come down on me in this service. Hallelujah. Come on, lift him up here for just a second. Our help is coming from above. It's not coming from the government. It's not coming from anybody else in your life. It's coming from Jesus Christ alone. Praise God. Praise God. Acts 2, beginning in verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Something powerful is going to happen in just a little bit. If we will be in one accord, if we will have one passion, one, one mind, if we will be in agreement, if we can get every single person in this service to get in agreement to say we've come 
for the Lord to do what he wants. We're in one place. If this is your first time in an apostolic church, you're about to see the difference between people just being in one place for this reason or for that reason and people being in one place to lift up Jesus and to see him have his way. When you get in one accord and in one place, it's different than going to a ball game. It's different than going to a social event. There's something powerful when people begin to join their faith and they begin to worship God and begin to get themselves ready for what he wants to do. I feel something stirring. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Ghost this morning, it's the will of God for you to receive it. If you haven't spoken in tongues in a while, it's the will of God for you to speak in tongues this morning, we, we want everybody in this place to have the Holy Ghost fall on you. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The back half of that verse 4 in the Passion Translation says they were empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. When the Holy Ghost comes on you and the Spirit of God comes on you, you will begin to speak in a language you didn't know when you walked in here this morning. It's going to happen just like that. When you repent of your sins and you open up your heart to the Spirit of God indwelling you, you're going to be speaking in English one second, and the next you're going to be speaking in a language that you have never learned, and it's going to be by God and God alone. It's not going to be anything that you've learned. We don't have Rosetta Stone classes this morning, but the Holy Ghost is just going to speak out. You're going to begin to glorify God in a language that you do not know. It's going to be supernatural. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews devout men out of every nation under heaven. And now when this was noised abroad, when they heard the sound, when they heard this moving of the Spirit, when they heard this shifting, the multitudes came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. So, here were these devout Jews. They were used to festive celebrations. They, they were used to noise and excitement and exhilaration. But this was different. They, they did not understand what was happening. They had never seen this before. And, and they began to question what was going on. They began to look upon those that were speaking in another language. And they began to ask or, or perhaps uh, declare they are drunk with wine. That the, these people are, they're, they're, they're losing it. They're going cuckoo. Somebody was about to take a video and throw it up on church milk. And Peter stood up and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. He, he didn't really say that. But 
He said, before you go post it, he said, this is real. This ain't crazy. I mean, it's crazy, but it's authentic. It's crazy, but it's the good kind of crazy. He said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel, saying in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He said, they're not drunk with wine as ye suppose. He began to preach to them about what was happening. He began to preach to them about how Christ was the Messiah and that they had crucified him. He began to preach that death could not hold him and that he had risen from the dead. And conviction began to settle in that house. And they began to realize the error of their ways and They begin to feel that godly sorrow settle on them and the recognition that they were sinners. And in verse 36, he said, Therefore let the whole house of Israel recognize beyond all doubt and acknowledge assuredly that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus whom you crucified has been made both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? That word prick means to pierce thoroughly, for there to be emotion of sorrow. And it began to lead them to a place Of asking what do we need to do. You can't have Pentecost without having some conviction. That says you're a sinner. And you need Jesus Christ. There's only one Savior. And it's not you. You can't have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in your life. Without there being some repentance. Some pricking in your heart. That says what do I need to do. This morning if you came to church just to sit through another service and to do it your way, the Holy Ghost will not be able to fall on you. But if you'll come in here and you'll begin to open up your heart and you'll begin to say, God, what do I need to do to have your way come in to my life? Lord, what do I need to do so that your power can begin to fall on me? We need more people in this hour. We got too many people, Pastor Jackson, going to church across this world not coming in looking for the Lord to have his way we need there to be a revival of people going to church saying what do I need to do Jesus I've come that you might have your way I'm not here just to be religious I'm not here just to mark time I'm not here just so I can feel better about myself but I'm here saying is there anything in me that needs to come out is there anything that I need to lay down is there anything new that you want to put on me I don't want to ever stop asking him what do I need to do God? then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children 
and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. It's still the same message in 2022. We're living in an untoward generation. We're living in a generation that is filled with wickedness. It is filled with idolatry. It is filled with abomination. And somebody needs to hear this preacher this morning. You need to turn to God and let him pull you up out of that pit of sin. You need to come up out of this world that's headed down the wrong path. Come on, there is a hell to gain. And there is a hell to shine. Somebody today needs to wake up and to realize you cannot go the way of the world. But there is a highway of holiness that you've got to get on this morning. There is a straight street that you've got to walk on and you can't do it by yourself. I couldn't be saved by myself. You can't be saved by yourself. You cannot earn salvation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized in the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Baptized with Holy Ghost and fire. Luke would not have said that they had been added unto the church unless they had fulfilled Acts 2.38. There is a way and there is only one way. Jesus adds to the church. You can't add yourself to the church. You cannot. I couldn't add myself to the church. You can't join the church. There's not a sign-up sheet to join the church. You can't just join the church because some man says, now you're a part of the church. But you've got to be born again of the water and the spirit. You cannot enter the kingdom of God without being born again of the water and the spirit. It's that born again experience that adds us. And so that day we see, and that's where we get Pentecost Sunday. That was the birth of the church. So happy birthday to the church. And that's where we get that word Pentecost and the word Pentecostal, it goes back, Pentecost goes back to the ancient Jewish feast. But more recently, it goes out to that first outpouring of the Holy Ghost on those early Christian believers. And because that outpouring took place on the day of Pentecost and those that experienced the infilling of the Holy Ghost are referred to as Pentecostals. I'm thankful for that Pentecost experience this morning. And perhaps there's somebody in this building that's saying, that's, that's exciting. It's powerful. But do I have to experience that? Do I have to be born again of the water and the spirit? And I know I've already said that you can't enter the kingdom of God, but I want to give you a little bit more proof. First of all, we, we look to the apostles. We, we look to those that were eyewitnesses of the life and teachings of Jesus. We look at people like Peter. He told Peter, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of God, to open up the kingdom of God. And we see that Peter brought 
salvation when he preached that first sermon on the day of Pentecost to the Jews. We see that he preached salvation to the Gentiles in Acts 10. He opened the kingdom to the Gentiles. We, we see that Paul preached that same message. It was the same Acts 2.38 message that was preached to the disciples of John at Ephesus that he came to. And he began to speak to them about the Holy Ghost. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we haven't even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said, well, unto what were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. And so he began to explain to them that that was a baptism to try to prepare people for what was coming, to get them to begin to think about the turn from sin. But he said, John said that you were to believe on the one coming after who was mightier than John. And so he rebaptized them in the name of Jesus, and they were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so we look at, we look at them. We, we know that all of the apostles were in agreement. When Peter preached that day, Matthew was standing there with Peter as he began to say, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Matthew that wrote Matthew 28, 19. But he did not dispute Peter's preaching because he understood the revelation of the name. And the name is Jesus. And so he was right there in agreement with Peter. They were all in agreement with Peter that there's only one way to be baptized. And that's in the name of Jesus Christ. And they were in agreement that you've got to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And Every convert in the New Testament. Somebody say every convert. The Jews, the Samaritans, the Apostle Paul, the Gentiles, the Samaritans, and the disciples of John all experienced that Acts 2.38 message. And so we're, we, we need to follow what the apostles taught and believed and preached. They were carrying on. What Jesus had started. We can't look to men that hundreds of years later, and, and even today, they continue to change the, the doctrines. We cannot look to the doctrines of men. We cannot look to that that has not come from the outpouring and from the early church. But that has to be our example this morning. And our world needs to get back to the book. Our world needs to get back to following the teachings of the apostles. We are lacking in power and authority in our world. There are quote-unquote churches that are lacking in authority and power because if you remove the doctrines, if you remove the doctrine of Christ, if you begin to preach the wrong baptism, if you no longer preach the necessity of the infilling of the Holy Ghost, there is no power because the only power you can have is after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And so our world needs a sweeping of the Acts 2.38 message. World needs to get back to listening to Peter that has the keys. And to Paul and to the apostles that said you must be born again of the water and the spirit. We've got to get. And if we'll get back to baptism in Jesus name all across this world. If we'll begin to preach the Holy Ghost. Because you can't get what you don't preach. If people will begin to preach the Holy Ghost in their churches. The Holy Ghost will begin to fall. Because it has not expired. The Holy Ghost is still falling on 
receive. You must be born again of the water and the spirits. I am thankful today for that experience. And I want to say that the Holy Ghost is for everyone. Obviously, we can believe that it is implicitly there just due to the fact that you can't enter the kingdom of God without being born of the Spirit. Father, give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. And then we'll go back to verse 39 of Acts 2. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The Passion Translation said it like this. For those yet to be born. And for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. For those yet to be born on June 5th, 2022. That means you. You were a part of that number. You were included in that number of those that were yet to be born. The Holy Ghost is for you this morning. You can receive it this morning. That fire that started in the upper room has been spreading ever since. And we need it to keep on spreading. America needs revival fires to burn in a fresh new way. We need it to fill every house. We need it to fill every workplace. We need it to fill every school classroom. We need it to fall on every college campus. We need it sweeping in every single hospital room. We need it sweeping all around the world. We, we need it sweeping through every church. And this morning, it's in here. From the upper room to this room, it's here this morning. That same fire that settled on them is here. And that fire has never been put out. You can't put out Holy Ghost fire. The devil's been trying to put it out since it fell in that upper room. But he don't have enough fire extinguishers to put it out. You can't put out Holy Ghost fire. And that fire has made its way into this room this morning. And that fire that found those 120 and that fire that found the 3,000, that fire has found you this morning. And if you will lift up your hands and if you will lift your heart toward God this morning, that same fire that began to hit them at the top of their head is going to fall on you and you're going to begin to speak in other tongues as the spirit gives the utterance would you praise him for just a second here you can go ahead and stand would you praise him here but Lord we lift you up Lord we exalt you God right now you're beginning to draw somebody right now you're beginning to move on somebody right now somebody's getting the revelation that they must be born again of the water and the spirit Right now, somebody's getting the revelation that they've got to receive the Holy Ghost and that the evidence is that they will speak with other tongues. Right now, God, I believe, Lord, you're moving on somebody, Lord. You're letting a godly sorrow begin to settle on them to work repentance, God. Right now, Lord, you are breaking up, Lord, somebody's stubborn will, God. Right right now, Lord, you are beginning to let somebody feel that unction of the Spirit, that drawing of the Spirit, God. Lord, and we are believing 
in just a minute here that you're about to fall fresh in this place, God. Lord, we are believing in just a minute here that you are about to sweep through this house and that we're about to have a Pentecostal experience. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want everybody to come down to the front. Come on, we're going to get in agreement. We're going to get in one accord. I want everybody to come down to the front. tight squeeze in tight if you're a guest we don't bite just come on down you can feel comfortable come on squeeze in tight so everybody can come on down the aisles and nobody's got to be stuck in the aisles there's a lot of room here in the middle you don't have to be afraid of the middle We've got three cameras, so if you're trying to avoid them by avoiding the middle, they're going to get you wherever you're at. I want to read this verse real quick, and then we're going to pray, and the Holy Ghost is going to fall. Acts 1-3, to whom, meaning his disciples also, he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Amplified classic says it this way, with many convincing demonstrations, unquestionable evidences, and infallible proofs. We serve a God that likes to leave no doubt. He is all-powerful, and when he does something, it's going to be convincing. When he does a miracle, it's going to be convincing. He is a supernatural God. And as I read that verse this weekend, that, that reminds me of when you receive the Holy Ghost. Because when you receive the Holy Ghost, it is convincing. Because you may go and listen to a singer, and, and they may give you chills. You might get the chills just listening to a song. You can become emotional by looking upon a heartfelt moment. You can get excited because something happy. Some form of happiness comes to your life. But there's nothing in this world that will cause you to talk in tongues. There's no event, there's no experience other than God filling you with his spirit that will cause your tongue to begin to speak in a language that you do not understand. And so God is going to convince somebody this morning that he's settled on you. You're, you're going to walk out of here with no doubts in your mind that God has forgiven you. You're not going to have to wonder if God has forgiven you. Because when you begin to speak in that heavenly language, it's going to be joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's going to be a peace. You're going to walk out of here saying, I don't know what just happened to me, but I know it was real. It wasn't fake. It wasn't hype. It wasn't emotion. It was supernatural. And you're going to know that God has met you where you're at. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to repent because that was the command. That was the command. He said, you've got to repent. Peter said, repent. So we're going to repent and we're going to tell God, God, forgive us 
Bible says, for all have sinned. He said in one place that if you say you have not sinned, that you make God a liar. For all have sinned. We've all done things we shouldn't have done, said things we should not have said. We were born, we were born with a sinful nature. You didn't even have to do it. You're born with a sinful nature. So we're going to repent. We're going to ask God to forgive us. And we're going to turn our heart toward him. And we're going to begin to tell him, Lord, I need you. Please forgive me of every sin. I've got to have you in my life. And once you have repented of your sins, and it doesn't take all day. You don't have to repent for 10 minutes. And we're not going to beg God. You don't have to beg God to forgive you. He wants to forgive you. He made a way for you to be forgiven. You just have to ask for it because he's a gentleman. He doesn't force it on you. You don't have to beg him. You just have to ask him. And so we're not going to beg God. And it doesn't matter what you've done. I, I don't care if you feel like that you are the most horrible person in this community. God is going to forgive you just like that when you ask him to take your sin and to forgive you. And once you've repented, you're just going to begin to thank God that he's forgiven you. You're going to begin to praise him. I praise you and thank you in itself. It is a praise. I, I praise you, God, for forgiving me. I, I thank you for taking my sin and you're going to lift your head. A lot of times people want to pray for the Holy Ghost with their head down. You're going to lift your head because, again, we're not beggars and we're not downtrodden and we're not here just saying, I'm so undeserving. We know that none of us are deserving, but he's made a way. So you're going to lift your head and you're going to say, God, I am expecting. And you're going to lift your head because your help don't come from down there. Your help comes from up there. You're going to lift your head and you're going to lift your heart. And that heaviness is going to come off of you. And you're going to lift your hands. Because lifting of the hands is the universal sign of surrender. We're going to lift our hands and surrender. And as you begin to open up your mouth and to begin to thank God for forgiving you, you're going to feel him come down on you. His presence come down on you. And you're going to feel your tongue start trying to say things that aren't English, and you just need to let that go. Lord, right now, forgive us of every sin. Come on, we're going to repent in one accord. Forgive us of every sin. If you're watching online, the Lord can fill you with the Holy Ghost wherever you're at. Pray with us. Forgive us right now of every sin. We know that we're born into sin. The psalmist said, I was shaping in iniquity, God. Forgive us of things that we have said. Forgive us of things that we have done, God. Lord, forgive us for being on the wrong path. And we give our heart to you right now, God. We cry out to you, Lord. You are a forgiving God to those that ask for forgiveness. So we ask, Lord, forgive us right now all across this house. Lord, and then we begin to thank you. If you're done asking it, if you've gotten everything out of you, that you wanted to tell him. Lord, we begin to thank you right now for your forgiveness. We begin to thank you that you made a way. We begin to thank you that you didn't leave us in our sins separated from you. We're thankful, God, that what the law could not do, Lord, that you understood that the law wasn't enough, God. And now you've made a way for the law to be inside of us. You've made a way, God, for the spirit of the lawgiver to be on the inside of us.
of us, God. Right now on this Pentecost Sunday, we believe as it fell in the upper room, it's going to fall right now in this room. Come on, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Somebody can begin to speak in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Lord, right now, would you fall on every soul? Don't let there be one person, God, in this building right now that the Holy Ghost doesn't fall on. Come on, find somebody next to you and join with them. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, here it comes. Get your faith ready. Begin to praise Him. I praise you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Come on, there's a wave coming. Come on, there's a wind that's about to begin to blow over you. If you see somebody singing the Holy Ghost, would you pray with them? Lord, right now. Lord, right now. Come on, that's it. Just yield to the Holy Ghost. Yield to the Spirit of God. Men and women of God, help us pray. Come on, somebody's about to be healed. The Holy Ghost is about to heal you. He's about to heal the wounds. He's about to heal the pain. He's about to fill you with joy. He's about to fill you with peace. The Comforter is about to come. Come on, the Comforter. It's going to be your help. It's going to come alongside you. It's going to lead you into a new life. Come on, that's it. New life is coming. New life. Somebody's about to step in a new life. You're about to breathe your first breath of spiritual oxygen. You're about to breathe a supernatural breath. The breath of God is about to blow into your mortal being right now. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Somebody that's weary in your soul, the breath of God is about to come into you right now. Come on, everybody praying in the Holy Ghost. Everybody speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Come on, that's it. Come on, somebody release it. Don't hold it back. Don't hold back. What's trying to come out of your mouth? That's a river. Come on, don't hold back. What's trying to gush forth out of you? That's river. 